And I think it's important to distinguish the two because confidence is really a feeling of confidence in our abilities of what we can do. And self-esteem is really about who we are. And I want to pull the two apart because I, I for one, I feel like I, I was raised, I have good self-esteem. I feel like I know who I am and I feel good about myself. But I definitely struggle with confidence in many areas. I've always struggled with confidence. And confidence isn't a tricky thing because 50% of our confidence is genetic. Hello there. Welcome to the Thriving Family Podcast. It's Teresa and Barbara, and we're so happy you're here. We're grateful that you're taking the time to hang out with us and a supportive space to fill your cup and elevate your life. We are here to remind you that you are amazing and you are needed and that you are the rock star of your family and household. Consider us your cheerleaders and all things that bring joy into your life. As your friends, no subject is off limits. We have conversations with amazing guests and experts in all areas, including awkward subjects that not a lot of people talk about. Anything from finding your joy and inspiring possibilities to anti-aging tips and spicing up our sex lives. And relationships, self-love, and confidence, especially relating to school-aged and older kids. If you're at the baby, toddler, or kindergarten stage, check out the Baby Bumps to Littles podcast. We're your friends and your community because we're on this journey together. It takes a village and we're here to remind you that we're never alone in parenting. This podcast is made possible by amazing listeners like you, and we provide new content on Tuesdays and Thursdays every week. Follow us on Instagram at Thriving Family Podcast for daily reminders and fun ideas. Subscribe so you don't miss a beat. Leave a review and share it with someone who needs to hear it. Let's get started creating the life we want. Tracy Kennedy is one of my favorite people on the planet. We have been friends since eighth grade, and I have been so fortunate to have her in my life. She is just a natural coach, always has been, and has positively affected so many people. If you haven't listened to her other episode with us about finding your next, it is so awesome and so many helpful things. Again, she has helped me really to find my path into podcasting and follow my joy. And today we are talking about something I am super passionate about, which helps us all from adults to children, and that is confidence. And she has so many, she's written articles about this, and she has so many helpful things. And we laughed, we beamed, we just had so much fun in this episode. And again, this topic cannot be talked about enough. It's one of my favorites, and I just so hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Tracy, you are one of my favorite people in the whole world. I am so lucky. I've known you over half my life and I am so proud of where you are with your career and how many lives you've affected in the best way. Tracy and I are so thrilled to have you on today to talk about something that I think every human being could use some nuggets on. And that is confidence for ourselves, for our kids. And I just would love to hear how you work with your clients on this. And I know you've, you know, written articles about this. And I just think it's such a huge topic that encompasses all of our lives. And I don't think you can have enough or have enough tips on how to regain it. Cause we always get knocked back by life and things that happen, but cannot wait to hear about <laughs> all your magic. Amazing. Well, thank you for having me, both of you. I'm so happy to be here. I mean, I think, Barbara, we've known each other for 
30 years. Has it been 30 years? Yeah, it's been more than 30 years now. So I'm so excited. I love your podcast. I love everything you both are doing. And I'm super excited to contribute in any way that I can. Aw, well, that's what we love about this is that we get to have such awesome people on and spread their knowledge and helpful tips and just making all of our lives better. (laughs) So with confidence, I mean, growing up and everything and like going through experiences and, but I, I know in, even in my adult life, like recently we had a scenario where I was like, Oh, that hurt. And I, you know, I definitely like nicked in the confidence shoulder. What do you say to your clients or, you know, people when they, when they get knocked down a little bit or just kind of that easy way to kind of gain back and get back to your centered self of being in a confident place? Well, I think there's a couple different things. So maybe if we take a step back and just look at confidence in general, right? Because we all have crises in confidence, right? We all have self-doubt that creeps in in different times and different situations and different areas. And I think depending on the situation depends on how we help build our confidence back up. So I think there's a couple different layers of confidence, but maybe we'll start with a few interesting pieces of information on confidence and we can then go from there, which is, because I think about a lot, like, what is confidence, right? And how is it different to maybe like our self-esteem? And I think it's important to distinguish the two because confidence is really a feeling of confidence in our abilities of what we can do. And self-esteem is really about who we are. And I want to pull the two apart because I, I for one, I feel like I, I was raised, I have good self-esteem. I feel like I know who I am and I feel good about myself, but I definitely struggle with confidence in many areas. I've always struggled with confidence and confidence isn't a tricky thing because 50% of our confidence is genetic. So, right? Like, so, you know, you know, you have those friends who just seem more confident than others. And you know, maybe in yourself, like I look at myself and I've, I've accomplished a lot in my life and in my career, but I've always struggled with my confidence. So it's funny that this is a topic for us because part of me thinks, get self-conscious about, well, I've struggled with this. Who am I to be talking about confidence? But that's the exact reason I can talk about it is because I've had to work in my whole life. I remember being a little kid in PE class thinking about wanting to raise my hand, but not being confident enough to ask a question. And so I just think it's important to realize some of us are born more confident than others. So just because somebody's more confident than you doesn't mean you're lacking in something. They might've just been born with more of that gene than you have for confidence. And I think as women, we really struggle. There's so much research on how women more than men struggle with confidence for so many different reasons. There's a book called The Confidence Code by Hattie Kay and Claire Shipman. Great, great read on confidence. It doesn't give you a lot of tips. It spends a lot of time talking about why we as women struggle with confidence. And it gives you a lot of interesting statistics of like when women apply for jobs, they only apply when they're hundred percent qualified for the job. Where men apply for the jobs when they're 60% qualified. So I just, there's some things around confidence just to set the stage of like how it plays out for each of us in our careers. So that's, I'll just start with that. I don't know any thoughts on that before I kind of dive into, okay, what do you do to build your confidence? Oh my gosh. It's like huge that you touched on obviously females. And I didn't know you're born with confidence, had no idea. I love how you separate self-esteem 
from confidence. And when you're bringing up like how females, when they're applying for jobs, I'm like, oh yeah, I feel like females like struggle with imposter syndrome more. I feel like also being a female and being friends with powerful women, it's like you, you don't want to feel larger than them. Cause you're worried if you're like, if you're big, then they won't like you. I feel like where men are like, oh, the chest is out. Like, yeah, this is how I, you know, it's like, fake it till you make it where we're like, but, but are you okay with my power? Like, I'm really confident here, but like, should I stick my chest out as much? You know? So I love that you brought up that because I wouldn't have really been aware so much of that. Yeah. And there's all the layers you just talked about. If you read that book, it talks about a lot of the different layers of why that happens. Like we're taught to sit nice and be pretty. We're taught not to stick our necks out there. We're taught to not ruffle feathers. We're taught to fit in. We're taught, not even taught. We have different ways our brains think in terms of being aware about the impacts and seeing the whole picture that men don't have. And I have three daughters, right? So this whole concept of confidence in girls I have twins that are 16 and I have an 11 year old. And so this concept of confidence as girls is really important. And I can see it genetically, right? I have twins who are 16 and I'd say they all span the spectrum of confidence. My 11 year old is so confident. I mean, she just was born with confidence. She loves theater. She loves acting. She's always out there. And even to the point where I remember one time someone said something that was a criticism to her, right? They said something. And she said, oh, thank you. And her big sister said, no, that wasn't a compliment. That was a criticism. You know, they were, they were giving you feedback. And she goes, I take criticism as compliments. That's awesome. And she just naturally has this confident self to her. Whereas I've seen one of my twins really struggle with confidence her whole life, you know, and I relate to that because that's something that I've struggled with. And we have lots of strategies that we've worked on for her. And I feel like I have one kind of in the middle, you know, who's not overthinking things, which is actually one of the tips for confidence is not overthinking. And I think, again, as women, we tend to overthink, we tend to ruminate, we tend to replay and all of those things can really affect our confidence. So one of the tips for building your confidence is stopping or breaking that rumination cycle. So when you find yourself ruminating, criticizing, negative self-talk, how do you stop that and replace it? Whether it's replace it with positive self-talk, whether it's, well, we can talk about a couple ways to replace it. So one is mindfulness, just being aware. Okay, I'm having those negative self-thoughts okay, let them float by, you know, you've probably talked about mindfulness or meditation, okay, I'll just let them float by, let them float by, pay no attention, you can replace them with positive thoughts, and think, or, or reframing, which I like better than positive thoughts, so if you think, oh, I'm really going to screw up on this presentation, and this goes for kids or for us as adults, you can reframe and say, instead of saying, what if I really screw up on this presentation, you can reframe and say, what if I do really well on this presentation and my boss promotes me? Or well, if I do really well on this presentation in class and my, you know, my classmates think really highly of me. So you can kind of stop and reframe those negative thoughts and that helps to build your confidence. I remember once when one of my daughters was struggling with confidence in sports and we had her every night for a month, have a journal and write down three things that she was proud of herself for, right? Just to really bring it home because I know what was happening and we've all done this is at night you're thinking, oh, I messed up on that and you're ruminating and I shouldn't have said that and I, right? You're, we're ruminating. And so finding a way at night to really settle, what am I proud of in the day? 
What have I done that I accomplished that I did well? And Barbara, I know you're big on talking family talk at the dinner table, right? What do you talk about at the dinner table? And we do powwow bow a lot. I know you do like a rose thorn or something similar, but powwow bow is like, what didn't go well today, which is the pow, wow, what went well today, and bow, what am I grateful for? But another great thing for the table conversation is what are you proud about? What are you proud about for yourself today? What did you accomplish today? Where did you feel good about yourself? Oh, I love that. I think that's so good because obviously our kids are, there's so much just at the surface with them and growing up and then the sports and the school and the friends and, and, but also for us adults, it's, (laughs) I think who wouldn't that benefit every night to be like, or just at the dinner table and such great modeling for our families of being like, I'm really proud of myself for this. I'm, you know, and then they're like, wow, because they don't know what we do. And also just that self and calling it out. Like, I remember the other day I said something about this podcast and I was like, I'm in love with this. It lights me up. I, I am really good at, and then I just said, I'm really good at like glomming information from people and making it digestible. And someone said, wow, I love that you just called out what you're good at. Like, like you were saying with the females, not being as outspoken and confident. And I, and when she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I did just say that. And I do feel confident in that. And it is good to call it out and it's good to shed a light on it because like you said, you know, from childhood or whatever, like how we were raised, there is such, I feel like even with my friends, my, my friend's mom would be like, why aren't you this like Barb or what are you? And then I would feel like I had to be small to be her friend because I didn't want her to feel like, because her mom's shedding all this light on what I had more than her. And so I just wanted to play small. And then I feel like, I think we all get that. Oh, I just love this conversation. And I think too, as part of it, what has really hit for me is we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. And especially I think as women, we tend to be good at this and good at that. And we assume everyone's good at it. And that whole idea of really owning, oh my gosh, no, that is an important skill that not everyone is amazing at because everyone has their own special gifts. So I just, I think that recognizing that and then, you know, the recognizing the wins and what what am I proud of just to reinforce those things. And then it can help your kids realize oh, well, maybe this is a special skill for me and maybe I should cultivate it somehow. And even if I don't check off all the boxes on the resume, it doesn't matter. I'm excellent at this, but maybe I should be checking them off as mediocre. I'm still okay at all these other things, right? Just to help build it because the resume thing is, is I've heard that before and it's such a big deal for women. Like, yeah, it drives me crazy to think there are men applying for jobs and women are equally qualified and they're just that level of confidence is not there. And I would love to chat about the worry that sometimes we have about almost being overconfident or coming across as maybe arrogant if we are confident in in how we're coming across to people, right? And owning it. Is there is there a sort of a balance, Tracy, that you suggest for clients? Because I really think that that can be a hindrance, right? To really moving forward and and honing in on our skills and really owning what we're good at. Yes. 
Okay, there's so many things. I'm going to try to figure out how we frame them so everyone can grab these really tangibly. So before I go to the overconfident, there's two things you both mentioned, which I think are keys to confidence. And they, they relate to each other. So one is authenticity, right? Being true to yourself. I think what happens so often is we say, oh, they have that. I want to be like that. And we try to be more like that, but that's not us. So we lose our confidence because of course we aren't good at how they are because they're not us. And so this idea of being really authentic in ourselves is one of the keys to confidence, is one of the to do's for how to build your confidence is, is identify, and this goes back to Trace what you were saying and Barb, what you do, which is identify what are your strengths? What are the talents that you naturally bring to the table? How do you leverage those? I mean, the, the, the research on strengths, you know, if you look at the research from Gallup Strengths um, and they do the strength finders and everything, people who use their strengths are more happy, are more engaged, are more fulfilled, are better at their jobs, perform better at their jobs. And so this idea of leveraging and using and understanding our talents is so key. And Barb, how you said, oh, this is my strength is to glom onto things and, you know, expand it. That is your strength is to surround yourself with people and like help spread the word, you know, in that sense and help, you know, expand what they bring to the table. So leveraging that strength is going to bring you confidence because it is something you're good at. So I think two things I want to take out for people in building confidence for yourself and for our kids is authenticity identifying what are you good at being true to yourself how do you really leverage your strengths there was barb i've told you about this and i love this in fourth grade my kids had a teacher and she was incredible miss talon at Topanga elementary school and she did a project with the kids called 100 percent smart and what they did is they had a pie chart and on the pie chart they had a bunch of different areas they had art smart body smart music smart English smart, math smart, people smart. And they had to go through all the different types of smart and put a percentage that they were in each smart, which made them 100% smart. I'm getting goosebumps as I tell you this because it was so significant for my kids. Because my kids realized, and I remember one of them did it, my kids have always struggled with their confidence in art. Not all of them, the twins, right? The older twins have always struggled with their confidence in art. I relate, I, I'll never forget going to one dinner party where it was one of those painting dinner parties, right? And I was like literally bawling because I was so stressed and embarrassed about my ability to do art. So I can relate in my lack of confidence around art. Anyhow, they put themselves as like 5% smart in art, but they were both really great athletes and really good with people. So they had like 40% smart in body smart and 40% in people smart or whatever it was, 30% in people smart and 20% math and 20% English. I don't know the percentages, but the concept behind it is that we are all 100% smart. Like all of our kids are 100% smart. Now where their smarts might be is different to everyone, but if we can help hone in on, yeah, art might not be my smart point. And even in my life, like maybe I'm not great you know, Barbara's amazing at making holidays amazing and decorating and making her house look incredible. I suck at that. Like, I'm not very confident with it, but I have other areas I'm really good at, right? Like, I'm a good friend and listener and I'm adventurous. Like, there's other areas where I'm smart. So I just wanted to highlight those because I think sometimes when people say I'm not confident, it's so intangible 
that you can't improve your confidence when it's not specific, right? That idea of you have to name it to tame it. So somebody says, I'm not confident. I'm like, okay, where are you not confident? You're not confident in your ability to present in the class. You're not confident to ask questions. You're not confident with your math homework. You're not confident with speaking in front of people. You're not confident in social settings because I want to grab on for people about where they're not confident so they can build it as opposed to, I don't want women and our children to label themselves as I'm not a confident person. I'm not a confident kid because it's a disservice. And then our brain thinks I'm not confident when in fact, it's really, I'm not confident speaking in front of a group, but I am really confident when I'm on the soccer field or I'm not confident in my art, but I am really comfortable with my social circles. So sorry, that was a lot, but I, I think this no. authenticity, this identifying your strengths, Oh. oh, it's huge. It's huge. I think that's so paints such a perfect picture. And I got chills too, because I love that. And I think we should put that out there, like as a worksheet downloadable, um, that hundred percent, because I think of course, all ages could use that. I think it's a good self-check to be like, because we do life will bring you down in different areas, or you, you might be in an area like at your job or somewhere where you don't feel as confident, but then you're like, but I rock this. And I brought that this up in parenting too, is that like, when you see other moms and you brought up, like maybe not doing holidays decorations, but I'm like, but you're so this, you're my person for this. And we, it's, that's what makes this world go round and amazing as it is, is that it would be so boring if we had this same person. It's like, we, it takes all types and everyone is unique and perfect in their own way. So it's owning that and rocking that. And I feel like when we're in that space, then we get to look out and appreciate what is different and all the other strengths in other people, instead of being like beating ourselves up for it or judging them for it. It's like, we're all just like, oh my gosh, thank good. Like, I don't want to be like everyone else. Like, I love this. So thank you. This is so, so good. And authenticity is huge. It is. It's like the root of it. So what I didn't answer was your question about overconfidence. You know, when we worry about being overconfident, it's interesting, especially as women, because it's not, I don't think people look at men as overconfident. I'll do, I do have one client, a male who was like, I don't want to come across overconfident. And it came back to him for his values. You know, he's like, I'm a humble guy. I want to be approachable. I might be at a sea level in this giant company, but I don't want to come across as overconfident because I want to be approachable and humble, right? And so we were working on the strategies because he was actually getting feedback from his boss that he wasn't coming across confident, you know, with board members in leadership team meetings. And he was a confident guy internally, but he was struggling to show that externally because he didn't want to come across that way. So I don't know how much advice I have other than when we shine, that Marianne Williamson quote, when we shine, we unconsciously give permission, others permission to do the same. Uh, we should put that in the show notes. That's the most beautiful quote about when, when we allow ourselves and permission to shine. And I think if we look at our friends or people around us, and this is one of the strategies I use a lot in my coaching is whatever situation you find yourself ruminating or worrying about, zoom out. Look at it from like a fly on the wall or a third party perspective or a helicopter above. Like what advice would you give yourself from that perspective? And I think the overconfident piece we'd ask, we'd say to ourselves, wow, I've never said to any one of my friends are overconfident. I'm so grateful when they're in their power. I'm so thankful when they're talking, you know, when they feel good about themselves and my kids feel good about themselves. I think what can show up 
is when people really lack confidence, they can almost show up as overconfident because it's disingenuous, which goes back to authenticity. I think when we're in our true authentic being true to ourselves power, we don't come across overconfident. We just come across excited, happy, fulfilled, energetic. So I'm not, I'm not sure other than- No, I think you nailed it. I totally think you nailed it because it is so true. And I, when you were- before you said it, and of course you were going to say it, but I'm like, oh no, it's totally coming from an authentic place because it's genuine and it's not overbearing. And, and you're not like, I'm so awesome. I'm so I'm overcompensating for where I'm really lacking or feeling lack of, and you can, it's an energy thing. And so I think that's where people come disingenuous and feel cocky or overly confident. Yeah. Should we talk about a few more ways to build our confidence or help yes, our kids please. build their confidence? I'm like, these <laughs> so two are amazing. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have some great ones. Another way to build confidence is really, I mean, I think Nike has it right with the slogan, just do it. You know, we build confidence as humans by taking action. The minute we're, we're wondering, we're thinking, we're anticipating, we're worrying, we're it, before the doing, we lack confidence because we're not in the doing. And the minute we do something, we start to build our confidence. And so I would highly suggest for all of us that one of the ways to build our confidence is to do things, right? And that means take risks, not crazy risks, but take small risks where you can build your confidence. If I'm stressed about speaking up, how do I do that in a low risk situation where I start to build my confidence? If I am confident with in social situations, how do I go to a party with, you know, a smaller party and hang out with my friends that I feel comfortable with? If a kid's not comfortable playing a sport, how do they go? You know, do they go play in the field with friends after school before they go to tryouts? You know, what are the baby steps where we can take risks and start building our confidence? And I think that's a big one. So Taking risks and learning to fail fast is really important for us and our kids. Taking baby steps is really important, you know, putting ourselves in a position where we can start to slowly build our confidence up. And, you know, I agree with pushing outside of our comfort zone. I think we hear that a lot is push outside our comfort zone. But there is a, there is a comfort, you know, there's like a stagnant zone. There is a, you know, growth zone, which is putting ourselves outside their comfort zone. And there is a panic zone. And I think sometimes when people say, oh, push outside your comfort zone, do things outside of your comfort zone, people go into the panic zone. And that's not a confidence builder. That just makes you feel like junk because you put yourself in a situation where you can't even remotely be successful and learn that you can do it. So I think we have to find that middle ground for ourselves and our kids of where's the growth zone that we're learning and challenging and building our confidence, but we're not putting ourselves in the panic zone because that is not going to be helpful to anyone. That's awesome. And I love when you're saying taking action, like it comes back to the first thing you said is like not ruminating in it. And when you're taking action, you can't sit there and, you know, you're just, it, the movement is forward. And also you brought up like really targeting what it is you're not confident about. So you're taking a step in that direction and then it's focusing on the, just that little piece instead of like, oh, it's just this big umbrella that I'm not confident at all. I love that. Yeah. And I think we need to learn like failure is okay, right? Let's as much as, as, much as we're going to celebrate successes, let's celebrate and talk about failures. You hear someone like, 
Sarah Blakely talk about her dinner table where they talked about failures every night. As much as where have you proud of, where did you struggle today? And how did you work through that? Because we don't build confidence by always winning, you know, and they've proven that in the kind of the self-esteem generation that when we all get a trophy and we all get patted on the back and everyone tells how great they are, that doesn't actually build our confidence and self-esteem. That just makes it really hard when we face a challenge and we've never had one before to know how to handle it because we don't, we, we haven't struggled and struggle. I mean, everyone listening and for each of us, if you think back for yourselves, where have you really grown and built your confidence? When you were scared, you didn't know what you were doing and you did it anyway. And you realized I can do this. And then you went, okay, I can do that. I can probably do something else. And I think we need to support our kids. This whole snowplow, you know, parenting of like, let's yeah. clear the way so there's no stress. Like the stress is where we build confidence and grow and learn. Totally like that grit. Like, I think that aspect of grit is just huge. And I know people have written books on that, but I, I really feel like, especially for kids, it's like, well, this may come easy for you. This may not come as easy, but if you really want it, the grit's going to get you there. I've noticed that a lot because I have two daughters as well. And I, yeah, it's, it's that fine line because you want to do everything for them. That's the inclination, right? Is let's make it easy and, you know, teach them that way. And, and I do think that there's ways of, you know, aligning yourself energetically and you can make things a little bit easier on yourself, but there are times when grit matters. And maybe if you're not as gifted as something, the grit is even more important. And I feel like it's important, like you brought 100%. up is to share with your kids where you struggled in life. We just went some, through something in our, our family where, you know, one of my kids didn't make the team for the first time. And I almost, I was so, he was devastated and I was so, I felt for him. And then it was cute because both my husband, Brian and I both chipped in and we're like, oh my gosh, there was, I remember when I didn't make it and then da, da, da. And he was like, you didn't make a team. And so they're like, oh, it's not just me because they do think they're like, it's just me that went through this. And then they see that, oh, you did good. You're, you're good. And so it's just sharing the struggles and that, and that's unfortunately where we grow the most, but um, that, yeah. And then that develops grit. I, I totally, I love that celebrating the failures too. I I love what you're saying, all of it, right? The modeling, the grit, all of this is what builds our abilities. You know, I talk to my kids, you know, you talk about confidence. I was, as, as a parent, I was a really confident parent of little kids, right? I knew what I was doing. I felt good about it. I felt like I was a really good parent of toddlers, you know, babies, toddlers. And then I have three, you know, two teenagers and a tween. I am not so confident in how to be a teenager of these girls, right? I am really navigating and finding my way every day. And I've even shared that. I've shared like, girls, when you were little, like I was really confident. I knew how to parent this age. I felt great about it. I'm not sure how to parent teenagers yet. I'm learning. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm growing each day. I figure out something different. But I'm really, I mean, that's an area right now I lack confidence because I'm really trying to figure out how to navigate. And I have to be really careful not to beat myself up that, oh, you're a bad parent because you don't know how to do this. And that, Barb, you talked about imposter syndrome. Sometimes that word makes me so mad or that statement because of course we have imposter syndrome for something we haven't done well before. Like, of course I have imposter syndrome as a parent of teenagers because I've never done that before. So. Like, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. It's an interesting thing about imposter syndrome. Sometimes we say we have imposter syndrome when we actually just haven't done something. So of course we wouldn't know how to do it. We're just human learning totally. how to figure something out. It's just having the confidence to get through something you haven't done before by doing all these other things that you've mentioned of like taking the little rest, risks, doing the things, um, taking action, like focusing on what you're good at and being like, okay, my pie chart says I'm not as strong as like you said in art, but it's like, but I'll go to an art night and like, I can laugh at myself or I can just enjoy it, Or I can like love on and dote on my friend. That's the next Picasso, whatever, but you don't, it's not, you're not coming from that. Like I'm horrible. It's just like, yeah. Okay. So this was my thing, but I will go rock Frisbee golf or rock ultimate Frisbee that you didn't call whatever. You're just active and amazing and world traveled and so smart. Anyway, I love that. It's so yeah. And you're right. Imposter syndrome. It's like, no, yeah, of course. And, (laughs) and if you go back to the root of confidence is our ability to be able to do or not do something, right? Our self-esteem is how we feel about ourselves. But if confidence is our ability to do or not do something, well, maybe I just need to gain a new skill, which is by the way, also a confidence builder, right? Like any new skill you gain helps you build confidence. They have actually proven girls playing sports build their confidence. Right. And I know there's lots of other things. My daughter did musical theater and that built her confidence, but they have proven that sports help build girls confidence. So if you're a parent and you have a daughter, sports is going to be a healthy outlet to build confidence, right? It has all these, you're taking action, you're failing fast, you're taking risks, you're learning new skills. It's doing all of the things that we're recommending to build confidence in a safe, supportive environment. Now, some sports aren't safe and supportive. So you have to make sure you find the right safe, supportive environment, but not so safe and supportive that we haven't pushed our kids. So it's really finding that balance of not the panic zone, not the stagnant zone that, you know, that growth zone. I'm like, yes, I want to live there. I want to live in the growth zone. That was a concept I got. I don't have the book on the shelf behind me, but um, there's a book. I was reading a book called Pivot on career changes. And that was a graph in there where I'd never seen it that way. And I was like, I love that. Cause I always have talked about before is like, how do you take your comfort zone with you? Like, yes, go outside of your comfort zone, but how do you take a little bubble of what makes you feel safe as you push boundaries? And I think that's true for our kids. Okay. You're going to push the boundaries. What makes you feel safe? Great. Take a friend with you to the tryout, right? If that's going to make you feel better. Great. I'll come with you to that. Or I'll sit with you as you do that math problem you know, find what helps you push outside your comfort zone. But, you know, you can have a little, I mean, Barb, you've always been my biggest cheerleader. And I think that is another thing to build confidence is having people who support, love, and encourage you. Because I think when you have cheerleaders around you, whether those be coaches, whether those be friends, whether that be your spouse or family or us as parents, that encouragement is so important. And it's, right? It's these, it's these balances of, it's not encouragement for, it's not false encouragement or false support or false, you know, cheerleading, but it's cheerleading to try, to take the risk, to take a chance, to do a new skill. Um, you've always been, I, I told you that song, I can't remember who, but that every time it comes on, I literally cry because I think of you and how you have always been my cheerleader and how I think I've done a lot in my life And had confidence in my life because I had friends like you who supported me. So if we're talking about strategies, support yourself with people who 
lift you up like you do. Yeah. I'm like, I want to cry now, but I mean, a, you're so easy to cheer on because you're phenomenal and such a world beater. And yeah, likewise for me, and it is, it's like getting that circle of people who just believe in you and, you know, like have just whole heart, just all everything for you and being held in that. And then, so you do feel like you can fail and be okay. Cause you're still like loved and accepted and, and that's huge. And yeah. Wow. And I just feel, I feel so lucky to have those people in my life and, you know, and be doing this with Teresa and likewise, it's just, it's like, wow. I mean, God, Trace, I love you. <laughs> Even that's like the biggest gift we can give our kids too, right? Is like yeah. a safe landing pad. Like you're going to fall, it's going to hurt, but we love you unconditionally and we will support yeah. you and we'll push you, you know, we love you no matter what. We'll push you. Yeah. Yeah. We've got you. Yeah. We've got you. Yeah. Oh, I love the whole idea too, of, you know, like reach back as you climb and just rising together. I mean, is there anything more beautiful and inspiring and just lovely in life than sharing in the victories with the people you yeah. love? I mean, yeah. I've been blessed with amazing friendships as well. And I think that's one of the things, Barbara, why we get along so well is because yeah. we've always cherished so much the beautiful friendships that we have. And yeah, I mean, I'm so grateful for you too, but yeah, thank you both for this conversation because it's just so inspiring. It really is. Trace, of course yeah. you have amazing on such a big and important topic. And can you share with our audience where they can find more Tracy in this world? I can. Can I give you one more thing to take away uh, for confidence? Because yes. I think it's one of the best things I learned in my NLP training that I was just thinking, like, I want to share this, even though yes, it might be for going sure. a little long. But so one of the ways to build confidence amongst everything we're talking about is to change your state. So I studied neurolinguistic programming, NLP, and I love this concept of changing your state because that's about how we feel, right? And I think it's amazing for kids and us alike. So there's different ways to change your state to be confident, right? So we can either do the things to have confidence or we can just be confident like some of our kids are or some of our friends are. So some ways to be confident. Number one, remember, think back to a time when you felt confident on top of the world, in your flow, in your zone, you were kicking butt and taking names. The minute you can put yourself back into that mindset, you're gonna have more confidence. So these are great strategies if you're going to a situation where you're feeling a lack of confidence, right? Like, oh, I have to go make this presentation or I'm going to this podcast or I'm going to play soccer or whatever it might be. So number one is remember a time when you felt confident and really embody that. What did I see? What did I hear? What did I feel? That's going to help us feel confident in areas where we don't. Number two, if you can't remember a time, maybe you've not experienced a time where you felt that confident, imagine a time that you could feel confident. Just imagine, like paint the picture of what would it feel like to be confident? What would that look like? How would energetically I feel inside? And really, again, don't do it you're doing it cognitively, but like feel it viscerally, right? Kinesthetically, like get in your body. Like imagine I was confident. What would confident feel like? Well, my shoulders would be back and I'd like be complimenting myself in my head. Like that was frigging great. Like think about what, how you could imagine. That's one way. You can't imagine you can model. And I use this with my kids sometimes. It's who's on, who on that team is confident? Oh, this person's confident. Okay. What is, how do they do things? How do they show up? How do they show up to the game? 
And so you can model confidence. And Barb, this is, this, I mean, this is great, even Teresa, for what you said about our friendships. We can model confidence from someone else. Oh, I've seen Barb do that amazingly. She's always so good in social situations. Okay, how does she do that? Okay, she just, you know, goes up and talks to people. I can do that. Let me model that. So again, a way to be confident, you can remember, you can imagine, you can model. And one thing that I want to finish with is you can physically change your body. So there is a TED Talk by Dr. Amy Cuddy. If you have not watched it, it is phenomenal. I recommend it to all my clients and my children. I didn't make them watch the TED Talk. I just told them the concept behind it. Although I do have a great article on my life hack of 17 great TED Talks for kids, which like I watched like hundreds of TED Talks and picked the 17 best for kids. The title of it is body, you know, our body language shapes who we are or something to that effect. And the idea is that as much as our mindset can affect our body, our body can affect our mind. And so if you want to be confident, you have to, you have to put yourself in a physicality of confidence, right? And so she talks about superwoman stance, right? Where you put your hands on your hips, spread your legs apart. You have your chest out. You can do it this way too, right? And you stand up and for two minutes, you hold that posture, okay? It increases your testosterone and it lowers your cortisol, both of which improve your confidence from a neuroscience point of view, right? From a body point of view. So I have taught this to C-level clients who stand in the bathroom before board meeting like hands on their hips and they laugh. They're like, no, I was in the bathroom before the meeting, like doing the superwoman pose or the super, you know, they call it. And I've taught it to my kids when they're playing sports. And especially I've had daughters who have competed at like very high national levels in sports. I'm like, if you don't feel confident, go in the bathroom, stand in the superwoman's pose in a stall for two minutes, come out. I guarantee you'll feel more confident. I was in the superwoman pose before we get on this call, right? Because I don't really love podcasts like this. They stress me out. They don't, I don't feel 100% confident. So I'm like doing superwoman before we get on the call. It is a phenomenal technique for our kids, for ourselves. And it goes back to change your state. You don't have to wait to be confident. You can do it like right now. So anybody listening, like if you're not driving a car, like stand up, hold the pose for two minutes, see how you feel. Just you can't, if you're driving and you can't do superwoman pulls, pull your shoulders back, lift your chest up, tell our kids that. That's why we tell our kids not to go into sports or my daughter was doing homework for a math test yesterday. I'm like, girl, don't be hunching over, like shoulders up, chest back. Like that's going to help build your confidence. It's also going to help you taking your learning better. Okay. So I needed to share that because I think it's so important for our confidence as we oh, can change our God. state right now. It is so good. I mean, I literally want to put up a sign and do that every morning because I love that like you got CEOs down to 11 year olds. We're all human. We all can use this like superwoman pose because it just, I mean, it's just getting in yourself. It's owning your own power. It's get, It's just like, what an awesome thing. And God, you are such a gift. I am so lucky. And now our audience is so lucky that they get Tracy Kennedy in their life. I mean, so awesome, Trace. I am just, this is amazing. Thank <laughs> please you. Share, Thank you. Please share where they can find more of you. You can find more of me on Tracy at tracykennedy.com. So head there. You can sign up for my newsletter. Um, I'm the personal development expert for lifehack.org. And so I typically write for them once or twice a month on different topics, how to build your self-esteem, how to build your confidence, how to find your next career move, how to, I mean, you name like how to be more disciplined, like all these, any topic on 
you know, personal development. There's lots of those. Those are also in my blog, so you can go there and check those out. That's the best place to find out more about me, Tracy at tracykennedy.com. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And we definitely want you back. Thank you guys so much. It's been so fun. Oh my gosh. Couldn't you just listen to Tracy give us wisdom for the rest of the day and then again tomorrow and the day after that? If you haven't already, link in the show notes to our first episode with her because it's just so good as well. My main takeaways from this episode are one, there's a difference between confidence and self-esteem. Confidence is a feeling in terms of the ability of believing what you can do, whereas self-esteem is more about who we are. And it blew my mind when she said 50% of our confidence is actually genetic. Two, I really took away that almost everyone can work on their confidence in at least one area of their life or another. Women in particular tend to struggle with confidence and that stat about resumes infuriates me every time I hear it, that women will only apply for a job if they're 100% qualified and can check all the boxes. That simply has to stop and we really just need to stop playing small. Three, break down that ruminating cycle and try to avoid any negative self-talk. So stop overthinking and replaying the things over and over again in your head. She says mindfulness can help with this and also reframing, like saying to yourself, what if this actually goes really well for me? Or she also says that journaling is a good one for that, writing down three things that you're proud of each day or the powwow bow at the dinner table with your family and sharing things that you're proud of. Four, be true to yourself and be authentically you. So know your own strengths and use them and leverage all of your talents. And that 100% smart project is absolutely genius because we all really do have different types of smarts. Like you may not be confident in art, but maybe you're confident in sports or social skills, for example. And I have to mention again that quote from Marianne Williamson because it is gold. When we shine our own light, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Five, build your confidence by taking small risks and by taking action. She talks about taking baby steps and learning to fail fast and to also celebrate the failures. And that sweet spot of the growth zone is just so important. So not the stagnant or the panic zone, but the actual growth zone. And then, of course, having cheerleaders around us to help build our confidence as well. I just love that. And then one of the biggest takeaways were the tips about remember back to a time when you felt confident or you can imagine a time and actually viscerally feel it. Or if not that, you could even model the confidence. And then that body posture can even impact your mind. So important to know about. So maybe let's just all go do the superwoman pose right now to help build our confidence and have a great rest of your day. Really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Thank you again for joining us today. We know how many other things you could be doing and it means the world to us that you're here. We hope you always get something valuable from our podcast and that you feel supported. If you have a question for us about our content or anything else, please leave it in your review of this podcast or you can send us an email or DM us on Instagram. 
We're here for you. So let us know what topics would be helpful and that you're interested in. You can join our membership by clicking on the link in the show notes. You are never alone in parenting and we're here to support you at every stage. If you know anyone that would be inspired or supported by this podcast, please share it with them. We provide content every week, so please subscribe wherever you're listening from. If you leave a review, you'll have the opportunity to win a gift that we absolutely love. We're so excited about this giveaway. We only introduce brands to our community that align with our values. And Barbara and I both love the Now Tone Therapy System. This yoga for your mind is one of the most simple ways to relax, relieve stress and anxiety. The creators recommend listening twice a day for only three minutes to receive these benefits or to listen as often as you like. And if you buy them, there's a risk-free three-month trial period. What we like best about Now Tone Therapy System is that it's something everyone can make time for. My family likes to listen first thing in the morning and at the end of each day. It's the easiest and most relaxing path to mindfulness daily. We'll link to this amazing product in the show notes below. Thank you so much for joining us today and we'll see you next time.